0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts podcast. My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church. I'm excited to to be back with you this week. And we have a special guest with us. This is Carol Schuster, who is the mother of Chris Schuster. Most of you know him as Pastor Chris, whom we interviewed last time. So I'm really excited for this week. And we're going to just jump right into it carol are you ready
1: okay i'm set Uh, awesome so
0: you know most of the people we've been interviewing we've just been asking them to share their story share their testimony and just really um how how you met the lord some of the major you know events or turning points in your life so why don't you share with us
1: okay i'd love to um i grew up in a A family that was wonderful. Uh, We're the seven kids in our family and um, parents who definitely believed in bringing us to church. So we grew up in a Lutheran church and heard the word of God, learned to sing, had good times there. But when I was almost 12, my oldest sister, she's 11 years older than I am. She came back from college one day and she told me and my two other younger siblings about Jesus mm. and that he could live in our hearts. And I was really kind of blown away by it, but excited, because mm. I thought, wow, I love God. I love Bible stories. I want to know more about this. And mm. she she told us that it was easy to do and we just asked Jesus into our hearts. So we got on our knees and we prayed right there in the living room. Mm. And um, that was my day. I got saved, and after that, I just devoured my children's Bibles. I was totally awesome. into the Bible stories. <laughs> really enjoyed reading that. And uh, my oldest sister continued to mentor us and teach us about the Word of God. And yeah, just been living with the Lord. I was um, so convinced. That he was the best thing that could be in my life, so I really clung to the Lord all through childhood and adulthood. That's awesome. So yeah, that's
0: really good. So in your um, traditional Lutheran church, would you say that like a personal relationship with Jesus was really talked about, or not not so much? Or had you just was it just all of a sudden became more real to you when your sister came and yeah. talked about it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say in my particular church, it wasn't really talked about. Um, I had never heard the phrase born again Mm -hmm. used in a personal way like that, other than hearing about the Bible stories. But um, yeah, so I felt like I got great foundation from my church, my Lutheran church background, because... um, they really did lay a great biblical foundation and taught Bible stories and taught truths. But they didn't teach about going one step further and making it a personal relationship. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Very blessed.
0: Yeah. So when your sister came back from college, what was it like for your parents? Did they latch on to it, too? Or
1: <laughs> That's a really good question. Um. We kind of kept things secret because okay. we didn't know. I, I mean, I was too young to understand it, I think. But I think my oldest sister, she she was hesitant to be very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we didn't talk about it a lot with our parents. But I think they could see the change coming over each of us. And as time went on, every one of my siblings came, came to be born again.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: So it was really amazing. And so we kind of started evangelizing our parents <laughs> by our own example, I guess. Yeah. And, and, you know, trying to speak to them without offending them. Right. Um, and not poo pooing our upbringing because it was really valuable. Yeah. They, they did very well. They parented us well. So we're grateful.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. That's uh, neat. So, fast forward a little bit. Um, walk us through how you met your husband and some of that <laughs> stage of life.
1: Oh boy, fun fun times! Um, in college, well, when I after I graduated from high school, I went to Moorhead State University at that time, MSUM now, and so did my husband. And it turned out that he was roommates with one of my brothers. So I actually met him. I met Brian uh, right at the end of my senior year because we came up to the school to um, attend a banquet, a Christian banquet that they were having. And so I got introduced to Brian at that time. And I was very struck by his gorgeous, dark, curly hair that he had (laughs) and his Gorgeous blue sparkling eyes, oh. and I just went, "Wow, he's <laughs> cute." And but I was pretty shy, so I didn't I didn't pursue anything, I didn't flirt or anything like that. But then once I came to college, because Brian was start, started before me, um, we just started hanging out all the time, and we just we connected, we connected awesome. right away. So we dated off and on for five years or so, and then until we got married, wow. and it was. Wonderful. It's been great.
0: That's cool. I don't think I've ever heard that story, so it's kinda of fun to hear it. That's cool. So you kind of told us like how you came to, to know Jesus and have him in your heart. Tell me about your your journey into discovery and Holy Spirit and how that happened and when that happened in your life.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um again I have to go back to my oldest sister, Sherry. She she really has been my friend and mentor my whole life. Mm. And, um, not only did she teach us about being born again, a couple years later, after I got born again, she started teaching us about the baptism of the Holy spirit. Cause she had encountered that mm. in college. And I was like, wow, that really blew my mind because I had never heard any teaching about that before. And I was kind of nervous about it too. Cause I was I don't know. Kind of shy about things and and I she she just kind of talked about Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and that he's he's already inside of us mm-hmm. as we're born again. But she described it as um it's like it's almost like he's in this bottle and when the baptism happens it's like the bottle becomes uncorked. And the Holy Spirit and the power and the giftings and wisdom and all that comes flowing out much more. That's a
0: beautiful way to describe it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was able to really connect with that at, I suppose, I was 13 or so. So my sister um, just said to me, Carol, ask the Lord to nudge you if the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something he wants you to have. And I thought, oh, that sounds reasonable. So I just told God, okay, Lord, you nudge me sometime and let me know if this, if you want to baptize me in your spirit and left it at that. So a few days later, maybe a couple weeks later, my other sister and I, Karen and I were praying because we prayed together almost every night in our bedroom and we were on sitting on our bed praying. And all of a sudden I started to quiver inside And it's like in my stomach, I could feel this shaking. And pretty soon it started to travel out to my limbs and my arms and my hands and my legs were all shaking. And I was just trembling. And I had never experienced this, never heard of it before. And I just went, Karen, I think God is nudging me.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's so great.
1: It was amazing. And so I said, "Lord, please baptize me with your holy spirit." And and it's like I just had this beautiful encounter with him. Yeah. I I didn't start speaking in tongues or anything like that. I didn't even know about that stuff. Yeah. But I just had this incredible encounter with God and just shook in his presence and was filled with so much peace and so much joy. Mm-hmm. I knew something had happened. And so that's where it began with Holy Spirit. And I was like on fire, you know, in my shy kind of way, I was really on fire, super committed to God and just wanted to be with him and wanted to be like him. And Mm -hmm. eventually, um, Karen and I would have our prayer times and we would start, uh, getting words of knowledge and we didn't even know what that was a thing, yeah. but it's like God started revealing things to us and uh, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit too. And we would start, we'd pray and intercede for friends at school and, mm-hmm. and for our schoolwork and all this, you know, and it was just amazing. It, just a whole new realm of joy and understanding. I think the word came more alive for me too at that point yeah. to have Holy Spirit at work in me like that. So that happened and then I would jump ahead to about 1991 or 92, um, Rodney Howard Brown came to our church at that time and uh, did revival meetings. And uh, one of the pastor's wives, we didn't go to the church at that time. One of the pastor's wives said, Carol, you should come check this out. And so I went to this Rodney Howard Brown meeting and went forward for prayer because I was so touched and so stirred. And when uh, when the pastor, Rodney Howard Brown, I can't even remember who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Rodney Howard Brown. He came up to me. He didn't even touch me, and he spoke these words. He just said, fire of commitment. And I fell out in the spirit and laid on the ground, and I could feel the fire of God burning in me. I could see the flames, and I had this close, close encounter with the Lord. In his presence, and I had never, ever experienced this before. Hmm. And I felt so unworthy. I just, I knew I didn't belong in his presence. Hmm. I just felt so unworthy. And God just said, Carol, when I look at you, I see my spirit full in you. I see the beautiful person I made. Yeah. And it just, it's like the tears stopped. I was overwhelmed with His love and acceptance. And it, it burned in me that fire of commitment like never before, that I would never walk away from God. And I would pursue Him, and I would pursue His Spirit. And that, um, that was a huge beginning point, new starting point for me with that encounter. With Holy Spirit, yeah, and and there's been more since then, thank God, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we all need those fresh encounters, <laughs> for sure. But that's yeah, a beautiful that story. Was, that was life changing for me.
0: That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, and thank we pray you. that the uh, listeners out there get nudged by God, yeah, the same Amen. way that you did. <laughs> Go nudge, them, Lord. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> and it's so cool yeah. how you, I mean, just beautiful how you experienced that growth in Holy Spirit and relationship with God within context of family yes. and with your family members. And I want to talk a little bit more yes. about that. I, you and Brian have an amazing family. All your children are wonderful. Thank you. And, and you have uh, many, I mean, they're all following the Lord. And uh, of course, Pastor Chris here at church is in ministry. Your eldest son, Dave, is in ministry. Oh, yeah. um, did you... Was that a desire of yours as a mom? Did you pray for your kids to go into that, or did it just happen?
1: <laughs> um, honestly, I did not pray for that specifically. Um, we just felt very strongly that we wanted our kids to encounter the living God. Yeah. We, we wanted our kids to grow up um, experiencing His presence Experiencing the joy of worshiping Him, um, our whole family's musical. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of music nights, worship nights, praise parties. Oh yeah, we just, I was. At a few <laughs> you've <of those. laughs> been at a few of those exactly. So it um, that worship aspect really got rooted in all of us. Mm-hmm. I think from our home and from our the great churches we plugged into along the way. Or We had opportunities and our children had opportunities to be a part of worship teams when they were still very young, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years old or whatever. And, and um, we, yeah, our biggest desire was that our kids would, would personally, intimately know God and be encountering his glory, mm-hmm. be encountering that presence so they'd be drawn into that. And they, you know, they caught the fever, yeah. <laughs> the holy <That's> fever. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and God called, you know, two of our sons into the ministry. Um, but I say my other two kids, my son Daniel and Melanie, they are in ministry too, but right. it's it's just not at the pulpit nope. necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> it's in yeah. the workplace or on the streets or whatever. Yeah. So, so
0: we're awesome. we
1: very, very blessed, very blessed.
0: Yes. If anybody wants to get advice on how to raise a godly family. Brian and Carol are <laughs> awesome people to talk to. Thank you. Yes. It,
1: it it takes a village yeah. and it takes a mighty God to raise a family. <laughs> it does.
0: So a lot of people, you know, in the church know you when they think of you, they think of you as a worshiper, an intercessor, intercessor a prayer warrior. Um, for the people out there that might be listening and don't know what intercession is, how would you define that to them?
1: Yeah, boy, I've thought about that question a lot because I I don't know if my answer um, will be what most people would expect. But for me, intercession is all about getting into the presence of God, experiencing his heart, connecting with his heart, um, letting his, his love, his mercy, his compassion fill you up so much that it's not your own flesh, it's not your own thoughts anymore, it's his thoughts, it's his ways. And, I mean, I have always loved to pray from the time I got saved, I love to pray I was—I think I was more concerned about. Okay, I got to think of a really good prayer now because it's—we're going around the circle and it's almost my time, and I got to come up with a really <laughs> right. good prayer so I don't look or sound stupid, <laughs> right. you know. And I'd be super nervous about that. But God's brought me into a place where, no, um, I just want to be with you, Lord. I just want to know you and overtake me, fill me, mm-hmm. and out of that. Then it overflows. Yeah. The over the prayers, the intercession just flows naturally out of that. There's yeah. no striving. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really good. It's, That's yeah. a beautiful way to describe it because <laughs> so often you would maybe hear people, you know, kind of use the illustration of standing in the gap or, or things like that. But yeah. but the way yeah. that you described it was was really great. Yeah. Um and it and, sounds like it's just come as like a natural outflow of your relationship with Jesus? Like, did did you ever have a moment where like, you know, the Lord has really called me to the ministry of intercession or has it just been through your relationship with him?
1: It's, it's been both. Um, I had a, I had a pivotal life-changing encounter with God. Um, This was in 1999 when the um, Brownsville, Revival sent a, sent a group of women up to do a women's conference at first assembly. And I was up to my armpits raising kids, you know, (laughs) I think my youngest was 18 months old and, uh, David would have been oldest would have been, um, 11, almost 12. So it was a very busy season for me. And I was kind of like, weary. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so, um, when we heard about the conference at church, the the pastor at that time just said, "Ladies, get get to this conference. This is really important. This will be life-changing." And he said, "And men, take care of the kids so your wives can get to this concert. Brothers, make sure your sisters get to this concert or conference, do whatever you have to so that they can come." And I thought, there's no way because Brian works and we've got four kids and I'm not going to make it to this conference. It's OK. It'll be OK. But Brian leaned over and he said, "Hun, you should go to this. And I went, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. take advantage sold. of the, the moment. Exactly. Exactly. So he did take time off to watch the kids so I could be at this conference. So anyway, at the conference, it was I think it was uh, almost the last day of it or the second to last day of it. And. I had a lot of back pain because we'd been, um, I had back issues anyway, and we'd had a little car accident. So my back was bad and I was getting migraines every day. But, um, I just had signed up to serve as a usher and greeter, that kind of thing for this conference anyway. So we went to it and I, we gathered as ushers, there are probably 40 of us. And I said, could I get prayer for my back? Well, Everyone had to, they would have prayed for me except that our time had run out and everyone had to get to their post because they were opening the doors. But one of the gals from Brownsville, from the revival said, I'll stay with you and pray for you. So she did and another gal stayed from our church and they began to pray for me. And as they prayed, Holy Spirit, you know, they're they're praying for healing for my back, but God had a different plan Mm -hmm. and Holy Spirit started to just, sweep over me. And they kind of guided me. So I was close to a couch. So when I fell out in the spirit, I landed on the couch. And I fell out in the spirit. And the one of the gals stayed with me the whole time, my friend Darlene, she stayed, I didn't know her at the time, but we became (laughs) friends. She stayed just to watch over me. And the other gal from Brownsville said, Need, Carol, I don't know what God's doing, but he's doing something. And you need to stay here in his presence and let him do it. Hmm. So I agreed. I didn't want to go anywhere anyway, because I was completely yeah. overcome. And as he worked, it would probably over an hour that we were in this room alone. And God just did such a, such a work, such a deep work in me. It was such a, a surgery, spiritual surgery going on. And at, at one point, I, I remember just throwing myself down on my knees and I'm just repenting and crying, you know, and repenting for a generational sins and my own sins and um, yielding and just giving things up to him. And then at, after a while, after I was completely cried out and exhausted, I, I flipped over and just laid on my back. And that's when I began to tremble. It's like, Holy Spirit came on me again, Mm -hmm. like he had so long ago. And I shook and I shook and I shook. And I began to go through the sensations that I was in labor Mm -hmm. and that I was travailing. And I, you know, and I had already birthed four kids, so I knew what labor (laughs) felt like. And this was very holy, (laughs) wild stuff going. But I, it's like once it worked its way through. And I felt released, and I was normal and collected again. <laughs> I knew something completely different had happened, mm-hmm. and I i was pretty sure it had to do with prayer and intercession. And as the days and weeks went on, I knew God at birth, a, a deep calling and a mandate in my life to, to be an intercession and to be an intercessor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I've been, yeah, he's just pulled me into it ever since. I I love it. It it is a passion, and there's so many great intercessors gathered around me from this church and from other churches, and it is our passion to pray and intercede for our our cities and our region and our nation.
0: It's amazing. I'm glad people, like... I don't have the same grace. I'm, I mean, we're all called to be intercessors to a degree, but I'm so thankful for people that are just like given over to it, just laid down for it because it's so important and it's often behind the scenes and people don't even realize it's happening. But if it didn't happen, things would not go well. And That's so I'm, I'm so thankful for it. And thankful, thankful for you leading a lot of intercession at our church. So. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, a question I'd like to ask: Do you have a specific example you'd like to share of a time where you were? I mean, I've heard some of your stories, but a, a time where you know you were in intercession over something, and then you you, you just so clearly saw God answer it.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'm I'm excited you asked me this question because um, the the longest. And the coolest time season of intercession that I've had has to do with Burning Hearts Church, uh, and it's it's kind of it's kind of a crazy story. And for a long time, I didn't even tell anybody I was praying and interceding about this. But I will tell you now.
0: Awesome! It's I'm glad gonna to be go out. You'll be
1: out in the open now. Yes. <laughs> so um, I like to go on the parade of homes. I like to, you know, just go into houses and see what they're like. I get a kick out of that. And in 2007, I was on a tour of homes and I went into a house that's built on the Osgood Golf Course, not far from here. And I walked into it and I went, whoa, there's something about this house. I I was like instantly engaged with it, um, fell in love with it, you might say, but I just I made a connection and I went, "Wow, this house was built for God's glory. God built this house and it's it's built for to be a house of prayer, a place of worship, a house of of uh healing, a place where his glory dwells and abides." I just felt that so strongly. It was really crazy. And it was really expensive, so I knew there was no way we were going to live in it. <laughs> but <laughs> full of faith, crazy faith. I claimed that house. I said, God, I claim this house for your purposes. I claim this house that Christians will live in this house and they will serve you and love you and crazy good things will happen in this house. So I, I did that for a few weeks and I just, I couldn't get over it. I would keep driving out just to take a look at that house. I was just so drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And I suppose a few months later, it actually was in the Parade of Homes again. So I went to it again, and I took my kids with, and Brian got to see it, and we all looked at it and went, oh, this is so cool, and um, but impossible. <laughs> so I continued to pursue God. I pressed in, and I said, Lord, I drove out there one day, and I said, God, why am I so drawn to this house? Because the area wasn't even fully—the development was just getting started. Right. You know, there were some other houses around, but it wasn't packed in yet. And I said, why am I so drawn to this house? Why do you have me here? Why do you have pull me here? And he said, look around. And I looked around and I started to notice other homes that were there and all the empty lots that would eventually have homes. And I just took a really big view of the whole area. And God just said, because I want the people. I want the people who are here and the people who are going to be here. And I just burst into tears because I felt God's love and compassion in that Mm. moment, that it wasn't about building houses or anything. This was about finding people and bringing them into the kingdom, bringing them into relationship with him. And I said, Lord, who am I? What can I do? Mm. I I don't even live here. I have no connection here. What can I do? Who am, who am I? And he said, don't ask that. Say, here I am. Here am I. And so I said, okay, here am I. Make a way. Do something. I don't know what it'll look like, but do something. So for 14 years, um, pretty much twice a week, I would drive from our South Fargo home, go to the Osgood region, drive around, pray, prophesy make declarations pray that people would come to the lord i would shout get ready he's coming he's coming revival's coming it's going to flood the streets come into the kingdom of god and i'd have these just incredible encounters with the lord as i'm driving around praying for the neighborhood praying that god would move in osgood yeah. so i did that for um, i think it's about 14 years And lo and behold, a church came available for Burning Hearts Church, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this place. And I had watched it. I had even watched it being built um, when it was a journey, Faith Journey Lutheran Church. When they started building it, and I, I watched it go up, and I thought, that's awesome. There's another church coming in. I said, God, bless that church. Send revival to that church, Father. Just just move in that place, God, let it be filled with your glory, filled with your presence. Yeah. And so I started praying that over that church, and I'm praying for revival to come to this region. And wow, last year, Burning Heart started to to look into purchasing the building. Yeah. And I I was just in awe. And I don't think it struck me until a couple months after I knew we were looking at this building. And I went, Lord, you said over and over to me in the last 12 years, 14 years, I'm going to give you a house in Osgoode. And it hit me. It's a house of God. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't about the house on the golf course. Yeah. It was the house that he was building and is building. Yes.
0: That's so good. And when you share that, I mean, it was just, I think it was at a pivotal moment too, as we were pursuing this building and there was all kinds of things to overcome and work through and it's just like things like that. We're like, okay, this is God. We need to keep going. Yeah. And so it was so good. Yes. So good. He
1: prepared it for us. He really did. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's really uh, Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Oh man, that's such a good story. Yeah. What would you say to someone out there who, you know, is really maybe they're In their beginning stages of their walk with Jesus, or maybe they've been following Jesus for a long time, but they find themselves in a place where prayer might be boring or it might Mm. be hard or they don't even know where to start. Yeah, Uh, what would you be? What would be your advice to them?
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, boy, where to start? It, I guess, what like what I said before, it, it all starts with getting into his presence. It starts with, um, (laughs) I guess my approach, I, I do, I lead a lot of prayer meetings and have for a long time. I think I've learned over the years that when I go to the Lord, I try to go without any agenda, Hmm. you know? Yes, we have petitions for God. Yes, I understand that. And there's a time and a place for that. But I have found that greater things happen when I go without an agenda. Yeah. And I just go, I just want to be with you, God. Yeah. I just want to be with you. And I yield. And I, I'll I'll say it over and over again. I, I yield before you because I'm I have to shed the cares of the day. I have to shed the weight I'm carrying or or depression if I'm battling depression. I still need to lay that down. Yeah. And, and say, please see me. Please meet with me, because yeah. I need you. I just want your presence, and I'm not coming here to ask you for this, that, and the other thing. I just want you. Mm-hmm. And it's that he brings you into that place of intimacy. It really is the secret place. It is so sacred and so holy, and each individual needs to go there. And you can you can do that alongside of other people. Yeah. You totally can. Yeah. I mean, that, that has helped me a great deal too, to have other like-minded people who are pressing in. And sometimes you're in such a hard place, you need a friend or you need someone who's strong in praying to just come alongside of you and say, let's go press into Jesus. Let's just seek his face. And from that the other stuff flows. I mean, mm-hmm. seek ye first the kingdom, yeah, that's <laughs> and then a... the other stuff flows. It's like when I was, um, sometimes when I go before him with the agenda, like at the revival conference I was telling you about, my need was my back and my headaches, but he didn't deal with that at all at that time. Right. He did a much deeper work. And that's what I want. So I I leave my agenda behind and I go for the deeper work. And He is faithful. He always shows up.
0: That's so good. He
1: always shows up. And even if all you can do is get on your knees and say help or say God, He'll show up. Amen. He'll show up. That's so good. so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like when you step into those moments... You find out what's on his heart and you pray from his heart instead of your own desires. And then it's just like your prayer times can just be forever because it's just like this constant full of like, okay, God, like this is what's on your heart. And I'm going to pray into this. yeah. And then you don't, then it's no longer, you're, you're not relying on your mind to like, so, oh, I'm going to pray about this next and this next. It's just like, yeah, yeah that's really good. Yeah. That's great advice.
1: That's, that's so true. And you feel, you feel the release. I mean, it lifts the weight off of you and you enter his place of rest. Yeah. And that's where we do intercession, completely at rest with him. Cause then it it just flows. So we good. have the mind of Christ. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's so good.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, we're going to move into some little bit more fun, lighter questions. <laughs> like though, the, like the presence of the Lord is even in here as we're speaking. And I almost don't want to move on. Yeah. but I know. <laughs> like it's so fun to, I think it's important for the people um, listening, especially those that are part of our family at Bernie Hearts, just to get to know people because um, they might see, they might see you in your prayer moments, but like who is who is who Carol as yeah, who is Carol? So yeah. tell me oh one goodness. thing about yourself that people might be surprised to hear. Maybe it's a hobby or a quirk or <laughs> I don't know. Something your family would be like, oh yeah, that's mom. <laughs> that's mom. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: Um oh. I I actually asked this question of my daughter the other day because I I wasn't sure what I should say. And she goes, oh, mom, that's easy. Tell him that you're really good at belching. And I, and I kind of <laughs> went, um, I'm not sure that's what I want to make that's known. Funny. But there are times I can do a pretty good belch. There so that's go. pretty quirky. That is. Um, <laughs> but then she said, no, mom, maybe you should tell him that you're actually a very shy person. And I said, yeah, I I thought about that, too, mm. because... Naturally, I am very timid, very, um, I was very easily intimidated, (laughs) very unsure of myself Mm -hmm. through much of my life, I would have to say. But when the spirit is with you, you know, you start to get more bold and uh, God has really broken off that. Timidity and that shyness. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of times when I tell people that I'm actually a very shy person, they go, Oh, you are not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but naturally, actually, I really am. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's cool. And it, there's a lot of people, myself included, have a similar story. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, that's cool. Um, what's something that brings you life right now? Um, it doesn't have to be spiritual, but if it's spiritual, that's okay.
1: I, I'm gonna say that uh, probably one of the things that really brings me life is getting out in nature, just whether it's just walking,
0: yeah,
1: or or it's golfing, yeah, um, or my new favorite thing that I took up this year is paddleboard. Oh, you like to paddleboard. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. <laughs> we were on vacation two weeks ago, and I would paddleboard two or three times a day because I love to go around the lake. I like to see the wildlife, hear the birds, you know, just be on the water. Yeah. And um, it's very restorative. It's very, it's my time with the Lord, Yeah. whether I'm walking or doing paddleboard. It just really restores me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you can probably relate to that too. It's, yeah. So I'd say that's, that's probably my, well, I won't say it's non-spiritual because actually it is pretty spiritual too. It is (laughs) because it's like
0: you encounter God in creation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's right. That's, that's that's cool.
0: Paddleboarding. My, my. History with paddleboarding has, has had mixed results I, <laughs> I usually fall at some point anyway. try to do something I shouldn't try to do <laughs> That's cool uh, it's fun um if you could give one piece of encouragement to the listeners out there right now, what would it be?
1: boy i a couple weeks ago i um had an encounter with the Lord at prayer here, and though I was weeping through a lot of it, sobbing, leaving puddles on the floor, mm-hmm. um, because i I had felt it's like the day before it was kind of stirring in me. I felt very dissatisfied. I felt so hungry that there had to be more and there had to be change in me and there had to be something God wanted to do. And I, I don't often get that sensation, get that feeling, but I really felt it strong. And when I came to prayer that day, I, I came early and I just, it's like, I didn't want to talk to any people. I wanted to just get into God's presence. I wanted a face-to-face encounter with him. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And it turned out nobody came until a little bit late anyway. So I got this really long time with the Lord right at the altar, just laying on my face on the floor. And I, I couldn't even articulate what I was going through. I just, I was so desperate hmm. for God to come and for God to satisfy the dissatisfaction that I felt in my spirit at that time. Yeah and you know we all go through that we all go through those times where it's like are you kidding me life's got to be better than this or are you kidding me this happened or you know bad right. news this bad news that And it's okay to feel frustrated and dissatisfied and to take it to the Lord. And so that's what I did. I didn't even understand why I was dissatisfied. I just felt it. I felt so much turmoil inside of my spirit. So I went before the Lord, I'm laying on the floor, crying my eyes out, and then I try to pick myself up and I'd go lay across the chairs and cry some more and got up, walked a little further, and stood against a wall, leaned against the pad, and I'm sobbing and sobbing, and I'm crying out for the tormented and for the brokenhearted, for the unsaved, for those who are just so weary of of a tough life, the struggles of life, and just wanting a change. And I felt like it's like later I began to realize I was weeping for them. I was weeping for people to have breakthrough and to have God come and show up. And as I began to grasp that, I, I linked up with another gal, with Vani Nolte, and we, I just started to pray, and I just prayed out what I was hearing God saying. And His love and His mercy came so strong. He has so much compassion for everyone. He has so much love for everyone. His mercy for everyone is so great. There is no shortage. And my word to those who are listening, don't give up. Don't give up on God. Keep pressing into Him. Keep crying out to Him because He will satisfy. He will meet you. He will lavish His love on you and His mercy. And you will have encounters with Him. Just keep holding fast to Him. And if you need a helping hand, you come find me, or you come find the pastors here, or you you go find somebody else who you know loves Jesus and pursues Him. Mm -hmm. And we will help you, and God will meet your needs. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Amen. So good. So good. Well, (laughs) Carol, thank you so much for just your encouragement, for your example of just pursuit of the Lord, your example of intercession and prayer of worship, a lifestyle of worship. So we're so thankful for you. I'm just praying that people listening would just get an impartation of of, um, everything that uh, just poured out today. So, so we're just so thankful. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll conclude with that. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Sounds good. Yes. Thank you so much. And just for everyone out there. um, Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, Reach out to us on social media and give us feedback. And uh, until next time, keep the fire burning.